0: Calling all detectives. Twin brothers, a package of diamonds, and a hard bargain. Those are the exhibits on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. Every once in a while, a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, runs into a criminal who's just too smart. I was at the Central Railway Terminal, winding up a routine check for the Great Valley Railroad. The case had been easy and I felt good, with nothing to do for a few hours but relax. I wandered into the main waiting room, sat down on a bench, and watched all the people who were hurrying to or back from someplace. When I heard the groan, I looked around, realized it had come from the well-dressed man sitting alongside of me. I turned to him. Excuse me, sir. If you're in trouble, maybe I can help you. I'm Jerry Browning, a private detective. He gave me a shy smile, dabbed at his eyes with an expensive handkerchief. I am Peter Van Broek. Twenty years ago, I came here from South Africa to engage in the diamond business. Greatly have I prospered, but all this time, so unhappy I am because I long for the presence of my twin brother, Kurt. A twin brother? What happened to him? That I do not know, Mr. Browning. Always, I urged him to come here and finally he consented. Last week already he should have arrived. That he came off the ship, I know, but since disappeared. Why would anybody want to hurt your brother, Mr. Van Brack? Because of a quantity of diamonds he was carrying with him. This I sent him the money to buy, and gladly would I suffer their loss if my brother could be safe. Was your brother supposed to arrive on the Great Valley Railroad, Mr. Van Brack? He nodded vigorously. Okay. I represent the Great Valley, and I'll undertake to find your twin brother if he's alive. When a wealthy diamond dealer's twin brother disappeared, I started the machinery of an intensive search. To all cars, missing person, Kurt Van Brock, age 46, 5 feet 8, weight about 170, blue eyes, light brown hair, speaks with a Dutch accent. Wilbur Norris, first vice president of the Great Valley Railroad, frowned up at me. Browning, are you sure this Kurt Van Brock actually took one of our trains to come here? Yes, Mr. Norris. I checked at the boat end. Kurt got on our midnight limiter. The conductor remembers his trick accent. What we don't know is whether something happened to him on the train or after he got off. Norris bit off the end of a cigar. Well, don't just stand here. Find out. two days, nothing happened. The search for Kurt Van Brock widened out into a six-state alarm. Meanwhile, with police aid, we checked all pawn shops and fences to see whether the diamonds Kurt had been carrying had gone into underworld channels. That netted us exactly nothing, too. I went back to see Peter Van Brock, who told me, spare no effort, no cost, Mr. Browning, to find my brother. If it is a matter of money, of expenses, I... I shook my head. I'm working for the Great Valley Railroad, Mr. Van Brock, and all my expenses are paid by them. You'll hear from me. The break in the case came the next day in the form of a message from Lieutenant Dawson of the Homicide Squad. He wanted me to meet him at the morgue. Dawson and I stared down at the body on the slab. That's him, isn't it? I nodded. Even in death, Kurt Van Brock was the exact image of his brother. He'd been shot to death. There was no money, no diamonds, no papers on the body. We found him on the waterfront, dead about eight hours. They must have been holding him prisoner, killed him when they thought we were closing in. I'm sorry, Jerry. Yeah. Well, I I guess I'd better break the news to his brother. I walked into the Market Street office of Van Brock and Company, Diamond Merchants. The outer office was empty, but from inside I could hear voices. Here, Berger. Fourteen perfect diamonds. The price I quoted you as a bargain. I will take them, Mr. Van Brock. I never doubt the price has quoted me by a man of your integrity. Peter Van Brock and his customer walked outside. The customer left. Then Van Brock faced me. Yes. What is it? I took a deep breath. I have bad news for you, Mr. Van Brock. The worst kind... Van Brock stared at me in blank-eyed horror, as though he didn't know who I was. Don't take it so hard, Mr. Van Brock. As sure as my name is Jerry Browning, I'll find your brother's murderer. Van Brock's face lost its awful blank look. He even managed a weak smile. I am very grateful, Mr. Browning, but there's nothing more anybody can do. Kurt is dead. Let him sleep in peace. He's dead. We can't help that. But believe me, this case is just beginning. I walked outside, shook my head at the kind of resignation Peter Van Brock had shown. I could just see myself telling Mr. Norris something like that, and the cold outrage with which he would instantly fire me. Now, maybe Peter Van Brock was satisfied to let the thing drop, but that's not the way we did things. It was all right to talk and act tough, but that produced no results. Neither the police nor I could uncover any trace of the person or persons who'd been holding Kurt Van Brock a prisoner for more than a week. But that did lead to a thought. Maybe Kurt had been kidnapped and held for ransom. Maybe Peter had even paid a ransom and had been afraid to mention that angle of the case. I phoned Peter Van Brock to ask him about that. Couldn't get him on the wire. After the sixth such call, I realized that Mr. Van Brock didn't want to talk to me. But I've never let something like that bother me. I went to his office... And Van Brock in the outer office with the same customer who had been there the last time I called. Mr. Van Brock, you quoted me a wrong price. There must be a mistake. These gems are worth 20% less than I paid you. Ah, what is 20%? A trifle no more than a matter of opinion. You say that? You, Peter Van Brock, the man most respected in this entire business? Van Brock's face hardened, and so did mine. I stepped between the two men. Excuse me, sir, but I'm afraid you've made a mistake. Peter Van Brock wouldn't cheat you. But this isn't Peter Van Brock. Peter is dead, and you're talking to his brother, Kurt. Van Brock blustered until I told him, You made a bad mistake, Kurt. He didn't realize that in this country the fingerprints of all diamond merchants are registered. That's how he found out you're Kurt, and that you killed the brother who was looking for you. He broke down after that, signed a confession that he'd arrived in town as scheduled, trailed his brother for a week, learned his habits, and then murdered him in order to take over his business. That stuff about registered fingerprints wasn't true, of course, but Kurt did make one mistake just as bad as the one I'd accused him of. When he took over his brother's life and business, he forgot to take over Peter's integrity, the most essential part of the man. Like I said, some criminals are just too smart, drive too hard a bargain, and wind up behind bars a lot sooner than they expect. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives, mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private detective.